Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for the weekend. Hallelujah! It's Friday, and that means we have three days to take a look at in terms of the energetics that are playing out. And it's a fairly big weekend with the full moon on tap and with a couple of different transits to talk about. Not not a bad weekend by any stretch of the imagination, but one that likely will have some kind of impact on each of us in our lives. Uh, so welcome to people who are just checking in with me. Uh, sorry, my camera is behaving weird this morning. What else is new? Like all week long, everything has been behaving weird. Things that I usually use suddenly aren't working. Um, videos that I had downloaded aren't working it's just very bizarre but you know periodically we go through those things i was talking to a couple of people yesterday and they were like is mercury retrograde <laughs> no it is not but it certainly has had sort of that feel uh over the last few days uh so hopefully everybody is is wearing through everything just well and not uh, getting too frustrated or angry. Yesterday, I just finally threw up my hands and said, okay, I'm done. And I went and cooked some dinners, you know, cooked dinners ahead and put them in the freezer. And then I went outside and then I saw an email from someone who I had asked, you know, why is my thing not working? And they fixed it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll go back to work now. So patience is called for right now as things that may not seem like they're working correctly um, come back online at some point in time. It's just bizarre. Patience is the gift, I guess, the gift that it is that we need for all of this. Now, today we're going to talk about a couple of things. First of all, right now the moon is in the sign of Scorpio. But as you all can see at night from the sky, the moon is getting full, and that means we have a full moon on tap. And that full moon is actually in Sagittarius. And we're going to talk about both Scorpio and Sagittarius as far as it relates to the moon. And then I want to take a look at the the full moon actually just the energies in general that will also take in the full moon in our human design the sun is sitting at the gate 35 a gate on the throat center so remember the sun is in gemini right now and gemini is really the sign of communication and so it's natural i suppose that all of the gates in gemini would be throat gates right about how we communicate how about how we manifest out into the world and uh, then that puts the earth in the opposite um, gate, which would be gate five. Gate five is one that sits on the sacral. So we have an action oriented or a responsive um, uh, element to all of this with the full moon. And what is it that you are going to respond to? And how is it that you would respond to these different things? So we have all of that. And then we have a couple of transits going on this weekend that are really good ones. I, I really, this whole weekend to me just looks like possibilities, right? That there's a lot of good energy that is available out there for this coming weekend. So let's dive in, shall we? So right now the moon is in the sign of Scorpio. So I don't want to go to a deep dive in Scorpio because I really want to spend more time on Sag. But 
we also have to deal with that for the rest of the day. In fact, the moon is in Scorpio until 10.04 p.m. West Coast time tonight, which will actually be 1 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And there's a void of the moon going on from 5.52 p.m. West Coast time to that 10.04 p.m. mark. So uh, what would that be? So from about 8.52 until 1.04 in the morning for those of you on the East Coast. So we have luckily a void of course moon that occurs late in the day, right? Late enough in the day that I'm not gonna worry about how it's going to impact my work. Um, that I don't have to uh, worry, you know, if my uh, if my mind starts to wander, I just don't need to worry about it because my day is over by that point in time. It means that I'll probably be um, uh, wandering around in the kitchen trying to figure out what to do for dinner, perhaps. I don't know. But luckily, we have that uh, later in the day, so it doesn't affect your career or your work necessarily. Now, while we have the rest of the day in the sign of Scorpio, though, it's important to understand a little bit about what that transit of the moon through Scorpio brings to us. And of course, the moon is always going to be bringing us the more instinctual, the inner realms, the emotional realms, and sort of a moodiness, if you will. And the moodiness in Scorpio can sometimes be brooding. There can be a very depth of emotion that is apparent to us in the moon in Scorpio. Now it's not all brooding all the time or all, you know, in the in the deep dark places all the time, but there is an element here of our being able to do sort of that deeper dive into our psychology or into our subconscious or unconsciousness that allows us to, you know, perhaps set ourselves up for revelations. That's going to be a big word this weekend too. Um, there's also the higher expression of Scorpio, which can become self-discipline. And that leads us to self-mastery. And of course, the other self-words like self-improvement and self-analysis also are a part of this. And it's those, those words, self-analysis and self-improvement uh, and self-discipline that can come from the emotional depths that we're exploring during this period of time. That's kind of how that works. But the biggest key words, if you will, of the Scorpio moon transit comes up to be transformation and alchemy. Alchemy, a word I'm really learning to love because it really speaks to this idea that we can remix things or we can put different elements together. And when we put them together, some kind of transformation can occur. And of course, in Scorpio, we have all of those elements there, right? The self-analysis that can lead us to a, an aha moment about why things are happening the way they're happening in our lives. And then we can seek to change it right? We can seek to change. In the lower expression of, of scorpionic energy, we have that secretive air. People might not, you, you might sense that people are holding something back. You might find yourself holding something back from others or holding yourself back in some way. But there's also this mysterious quality that goes on with Scorpio, this air of mystery and of magic that uh, that, you know, speaks to the word alchemy there, right? The mysterious and the magical. And yet there is also the more underside of that alchemy, which can be manipulation. 
And, you know, that, that can be, you know, a negative if we're trying to manipulate people into doing things that we want them to do, or we're manipulating situations, um, which can lead us to, to forcing or trying to make things happen. And of course, that's never a really good idea anymore anyway. So that is our Scorpio moon. And then the moon will transit into Sagittarius, as I said, 10.04 p.m. for us on the West Coast and 1.04 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast and all the hours in between for the rest of the country. And at that point, we begin to set up for the full moon. Now we're in the dark of that, though. We're not quite to the full of that moon. So we're still taking in information we're still taking in um ideas and possibilities that were generated with that new moon two weeks ago right so here we are now at a point where we want to take the new wisdom the new knowledge the new things that are possible and we want to explore and adventure with them out in the world so it's a time that the, the full moon being a time of like revelation or that aha that allow the, the light that allows us to see things more clearly also allows us to complete things and get them out of our uh, way if they're not necessary for our uh, forward momentum. And allowing us to to take that adventure right to get the to take those steps to find the answers it's a seeking answers kind of moon um, or placement for the moon and seeing life as a quest right so everything that happens is in service of the quest and the quest might be to to live out your life purpose or to uh, find the right kind of work to find the right relationships to improve your health along the way of course on any quest as you know from watching many tv shows and and movies the quest isn't always all roses right it doesn't always happen in a way that's easy so part of the adventure is the bumps along the road that we come up against right? Those stumbling blocks or those limits or those sidetracks that we have to take because we can't take the straight line. So it really involves our looking at the experiences of our lives, living life as an adventure, right? How would your life be different if you looked at it from that point of view instead of, oh, here we go again, another argument with my spouse or blah, 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 blah. But instead, looking at it from the bigger idea, how is this in service to the adventure that my life is or to living out the highest of my life purpose? So for all of those different reasons, this can also be called the philosopher's moon, right? The moon in Sagittarius is going to take in the philosophies and beliefs that we are engaged with. And then hopefully we also question those beliefs, like why do I believe these things? And or what are these patterns in my life showing me? Or how can how does this um, feed into my adventure, that type of thing. So it's a, also an invitation during this time for us to use passion and creativity and imagination in those adventures or in creating life as an adventure. Now, uh, Sagittarius is a mutable sign. So we have mutable, cardinal, and fixed signs. 
The fixed signs, no, you know, they're steady eddies, they're loyal, they stay the course. There is the cardinal signs, which are the initiator, initiating energies, right? They start things rolling. The mutable signs change things up, right? They force us to see things in different ways, to do things differently, to engage in life as a, a, as a change um, or as a picture of changing. So it also puts us in a position of needing to be adaptable and adapting to the changing landscape of our lives and the changing landscape of our world. And I, I would, you know, thinking about that this morning, I'm thinking about, you know, all the different, like, for example, just a, one example of my frustration this week with technology, if you will. I, every day, almost every day, I am printing up people's charts, right? So that I can do readings and sessions or so that I can come on here with all of you. And every day for the last, I don't know, 12 years, maybe, I've gone to my favorite astro site and I've made up a chart, clicked on it, made it bigger, went up to the print and printed it. And it printed up like this does right here on this whole page. But suddenly yesterday or the day before, it started printing up like in a corner. And no matter how many times I changed my printer settings, no matter how many times I tried to adjust it on the page, when I printed it, it printed out up high and small, right? So like, you know what? I'm 60, almost 62, I mean. <laughs> I have to have the print be large enough so I can see it. And uh, I was frustrated. I was like, I don't know what to do. So finally, this morning, as I wanted to print this chart full page and it wanted to come up this teeny tiny thing, I just decided, okay, I'm going to copy and paste it into Word and print it. And it worked out beautifully. So adapting to the changing circumstances, especially when it feels like you don't know what to do, right? So I did not know how to fix the problem. I tried to fix the problem in a myriad of ways and none of it worked. Uh, one thing I didn't do was reach out to Astro and ask for help. I could have done that, but who knows how long that would have taken me to get an answer. Instead, I found a workaround. So that is the thing, the key for this full moon is looking at our lives and where we've been, you know, hitting up against blocks or restrictions or where things aren't working the way that we wanted them to do, especially technology, find a way around it and even come to a stop first, right? and then figure out what to do next. So we're adapting to the landscape of our lives, whatever that might look like, but also the changing landscape of the world around us. And in that respect, then we are also taking in optimism rather than pessimism, right? Like every time I go to my computer, everything's broken down, it won't work, blah, 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 people suck, whatever that, whatever that conversation is that's very pessimistic, change it to optimism. This is an optimistic full moon and being optimistic comes from the fact that Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, right? And Jupiter just having conjuncted the North node is filled with optimism, filled with potential right now. So that is happening, of course, in Taurus, still within a degree or so today. Let's see, when I drew this chart up this morning, uh, the North node was at three degrees, 36 minutes. 30 some minutes and 
uh, Jupiter was at three degrees, 44 minutes. So they haven't passed from each other very far. So even in the full moon tomorrow, we still have this Jupiter conjunct North node that is filled with promise and potential and optimism is a part of that. Now, one last thing about Sagittarius energy is it also brings us into the natural world. And you're going to see when we talk about the human design gate that the sun is sitting at, it takes us into um, the experience of routines and routines being a natural outpicturing of natural rhythms and cycles in our lives. So the, the time that we spend in nature reminds us that we are a part of nature, not separate from it, like we've sort of been taught that, you know, we're somehow above nature, um, in command of nature or dominating nature. But instead, in, in reality, we're actually a part of the natural world. We as humans, right? We're part of this natural world. And Sagittarius reminds us of that. So it's time, get out into the natural world, right? Get your feet into the grass or into the water or into the sand and really feel that connection. And as such, this is also a great moon for rituals and for uh, rites of passage and for doing things in, you know, questioning even the habits and routines that you have. And uh, you know, might be maybe asking the question, is this healthy? Is this what I really want to do? Or am I enacting somebody else's ritual? Am I enacting something I learned ancestrally or traditionally uh, from our families or from, you know, growing up? Is, am I really doing what I want to do? Or am I just doing these things because these are the way things have always been done, right? Ask those questions. So, uh, Asa, that's awesome. She said, I went grounding this morning. That's a great thing to do, right? Being grounded, but doing this as part of the natural world. And then as well, part of the natural time. Time enters into this picture. Uh, the natural timing of things rather than pushing against the timing, being in the flow of the timing, very much a part of the moon in Sagittarius as we get ready for that full moon. All right, so let's say good morning to people who are checking in here. Hello, Tom, always the first one in. I love it. Uh, good morning to you, Natasha. It's great to see you. Haven't seen you with us in a while. And she says, yes, I have noticed that the energies are asking us to be in the flow of what is called to do. <laughs> and sometimes it's to not do uh, lately. Kajela, good morning to you, Christine. Hello, Julie. Good morning to you. And Asa, always a pleasure to have you with us. JLo, hello. And uh, Treat Yourself said, good morning to you, JLo. I'm not sure if you see all of those uh, messages. And anybody else out there who's listening this morning, but who isn't in the chat stream, uh, welcome to the show. All right, let's now uh, look at the human design aspect. Let's bring astro design now into this. Let's blend the astrology of Sagittarius energy into the human design uh, aspects. And this is this is where we can really flesh out a little bit more and build upon what we know to be true already about the moon in Sagittarius. Now remember, astrology doesn't take place in a vacuum. So when we're talking Sagittarius, we can't escape that on the other side of Sagittarius is Gemini. So they form an axis, right? They are across from one another. 
in the chart. Now in human design, we see that really eloquently because each of the human design gates of the sun and of the earth in this case are in opposition to one another. So we have a Sagittarius sun. So, I mean, we have a Gemini sun with the gate 35 and we have a Sagittarius earth at the gate five. And the dynamics of a full moon means that the earth and the moon are in a conjunction and they're both in opposition to the sun. So both the earth and the moon are sitting at the gate five or will be sitting at, they are right now actually, and the sun at the 35. So if we first look at the 35, uh, what we see is that it's called progress through experience. This is a very experiential energy. It's on the throat center. So it's meant to be expressed, right? So the expression through the gate 35 is to tell the story of your, of, through your experiences, not just a written story or a made up story, but the story of you, right? Of your experiences. And there's an element of adventure here, because if we're looking at life as an adventure, when we tell the story, there's a bit of an adventure that we're a tale that we're telling, right? Uh, it's emotional sometimes, right? Emotional expression of the experiences that we've had. But there's also curiosity here, right? It invites the, uh, your, how you're telling the story invites questions from others, which draws more and more out of us to share the experiences of humanity, right? Of our humanity. And uh, for example, this is really about life as an adventure. Right. You can often tell when the 35 is defined in somebody's chart uh, when they're working it in the positive, that is, because anything that they start to tell you takes on that sort of mythic quality. Right. It takes on that very story kind of quality. It has emotion in it. It has adventure in it. It has the feel that the person is trying to give you the experience that they had. This is all in the positive of the 35, by the way. So it is also an invitation for us to explore our desires. What is it we really want to experience from life? On the other hand, in the negative, this can get into jadedness, where we take the experiences that we've had, and instead they become a tale of woe, right? It becomes a tale of, I didn't get what I wanted, or I can never get things to work, or blah, 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 right? It can get into that level of story. And the exploring what your heart desires here is to use, you know, what you're seeing in the outer world that you don't have, or something that you wanted that you don't have, and explore how you could move more toward that which you want without becoming jaded about the fact that you've had to work so hard to get to where you are right? Now, there's nothing wrong with the feeling like I've had to work hard. And that can be part of the story. As long as it's not a negative thing. It's like I have worked very hard to create this uh, community, right? Blah, 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 that kind of thing. But don't let it become a story of I've trials and tribulations without having the more positive part of the story involved as well. Because the, the, the concept here is to share the adventures, to share the experiences that uplift humanity, right? That allow others to follow behind and step into their own power and their own juicy life experiences. 
And again, without that being jaded or uh, looking at life, you know, pessimistically. So we have pessimism versus optimism here. This should be a very optimistic way of sharing the stories. But there's also another quality here, and it's coming more from the Gemini end of things, which is, of course, this is a Gemini gate, about boredom and restlessness. This gate can sometimes feel um, like there's a nervousness or a, a, what, an anxiety, perhaps, that we feel sometimes with the energy at this gate that creates restlessness. And we want to we want to relieve ourselves of that restlessness or that boredom so sometimes that can lead us to leaping into or out of things inappropriately and then we have misadventures <laughs> instead of adventures but i'm going to tell you that sometimes the misadventures are just as as important to have as the adventures uh but you can help yourself along the way by not reacting to the boredom or restlessness you might be feeling and doing things that upset your life or the natural rhythm of your life uh, in a way without having the right signs, right? This is the throat connection down to the emotional center. It is completely defined because that Neptune is sitting at the 36, the opposite gate. So we have a lot of potential to cross the threshold into misadventures right now if we are reactive in the face of restlessness or boredom instead of being taking that restlessness and boredom and putting it to work for us in a positive way i hope all that's making sense because this is really it i'll tell you um it feels it feels like we have a very big void within us sometimes when this is working in the negative and that void feels like hunger right it feels like we are hungry for an adventure we're hungry for some kind of experience we're hungry for something we don't even know what it is and then we begin to fill that void with things we might fill it with drugs or alcohol we may fill it with um you know games or we might fill it with you know computer time whatever it is we fill the void with and i notice this myself sometimes when i'm getting into um that state of anxiety uh, i i just want to nod off or escape into a good book uh into learning something new and sometimes because this is a sagittarius gemini kind of energy it is knowledge seeking that we follow as a, we like are pulling the threads of curiosity, but then knowledge seeking becomes an escape as opposed to something that you will really use in your life, right? We, we sort of justify, um, you know, diving into something new or learning something new um, because it satisfies the hunger that we feel inside and it starts to alleviate the restlessness and boredom. What really alleviates restlessness and boredom, though, is action steps, forward motion in your own life, right? In things that uh, you can do, not study, but things that you can do to move forward. God, I hope all that helps. Now, um, so be aware of what it is that you're using to fill the void or to fill that hunger, right? It's, it's just, it's an amazing gate, by the way. And th here we learn life's lessons. This is a gate of life's lessons that we learn through evolution. And 
that evolution occurs when we have the courage to live life's adventures, right? Even the not so fun ones, right? We're, we're living through life's adventures. All right. Uh, so let's see. Good morning, Requiem for a Tuesday. Pam Zaruba, nice to see you. She says, happy full moon energy. Didn't sleep at all last night. Full moons frequently do that to me. Uh, I had no trouble sleeping last night, which was really strange because it was really bright. That moon is so bright. Uh, treat yourself, Julie. Good morning. Uh, I am listening at 2x speed to catch up and my printer is doing the same. <laughs> Oh, treat yourself says humble. Uh, oh, wow. That is so true with the 35 feeling into it. Yeah, the 35. It's an interesting, interesting gate. And Asa, yes, that helps so much. Thank you. You're very welcome, sweetheart. All right. Now let's look at the other side, shall we? And I meant to be sharing my screen. So let me share my screen so that um, I can uh, show you the human design chart. I already filled it out this morning, so I wouldn't have to try to fill it out while we were talking. So here is where we have the 35. So if you have your own human design chart handy, then take a look at the throat center. And the 35 is up in the upper right corner of the throat center. And look and see, is it defined? Is it, def it would, if it has color in it, like this one has color at the 35, then you have a defined 35 and this might be a pattern that you easily recognize in your life or the experiences of your life now if you have 35 already this just adds to it right this kind of just adds a little more importance to this idea of life as an adventure and, and not acting from restlessness and boredom if you have this area white in the chart then this is new energy for you and that energy is now connecting to Neptune, who's already sitting here at 36 and has been for a while. And 36, 36 is the gate of no, right? We have the 29, which is a gate of yes. The 36 is the gate of no. So we have to learn to say no to the things that are not correct for us. Mm. But we also have to learn when to say yes to the things that are correct for us. Right at the 29, we are way willing to say yes, we need to learn when to say no. Here we're willing to say no, but we have to learn when to say yes. So they're kind of opposite in that way. But the energy here can be restless and, and, and also anxious and it's emotional. So emotions can be the trigger. This is on the solar plexus. And so this energy can prompt us to act without waiting for clarity. So we have to be very, very careful, very, very aware of this energy because this whole channel of transitoriness, right? Change, we could call it the cha channel of change or uh, transitoriness, meaning, you know, we're, that we, we could be moving through different energies and different qualities of time without really thinking too much about what are we doing? You know, am I working within a plan or am I just acting out of that boredom or stress and a lot of time this is like leaping out of the frying pan and into the fire to uh, to try to alleviate the, the feeling of that restlessness so here we have to be very careful because this whole channel now is defined now th this is defined at 35 only until june 7th so what is that next wednesday before we change a, to a new gate of the sun and it's just starting today the second of june so we have you know several days where this energy is possibly being expressed but 
Neptune will stay at 36. So there is always still, and this may be what we're feeling somewhat, this kind of vague sense of restlessness that's going on. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what will make me happy. I, and then when I try to do something, it doesn't work out right. And now I'm like, okay, maybe I need to go in that direction. And then I try that. And I'm, you know, going back and forth and doing all kinds of things. And this is just a little bit amplified now this week with 35 being the place for the sun. Now let's look at the earth and what will be the full moon. And there will be at gate five. Now gate, so by the way, the 35 on the throat center is about action toward manifesting, communication, words that come as a, a way of manifesting. And that, that means it has creative energy. So being also very careful about how we say what we say, but remember throat energy too is about the invitation to share. So sharing your life's adventures or misadventures, the tales that you have to tell also need to wait for that invitation or work best anyway, when they are invited out of us, right? And the invitation could be simple. You could have a conversation with someone and, and you have a story to share that matches something that they're saying. And a simple, I have a great story to share about that. Do you want to hear it? And wait for the yes, right? So just remember that. Now the five, going back down here to where earth and the moon are sitting, uh, or the moon will be sitting here uh, for the full moon tomorrow. Um, the gate five is on the sacral center. The sacral center is the center for uh, sustainable life force energy. It's like, it's an, a motor that is always humming. It's always on. So whatever energies that we have, when you have it, when you have the sacral defined, you have an engine, if you will, that's always running, right? That's always running. And those of you who are generators and manifesting generators have access easily to this energy all day, all night, right? It's always there. Now with the gate five defined, we need to find a direction for some of that energy that is going through the sacral. And this is called the gate of patterns in traditional human design. In quantum human design, this is called the gate of consistency, I believe. And that is a gate then that really creates routines and healthy habits and natural rhythms, aligning us with natural rhythms. And, uh, you know, we live in a world, interestingly enough, some people's natural rhythms go against the rhythms of the natural world. And artificially, right, we all have sort of this daylight slant to living our lives, which prompt us to get up early in the morning, get ready to go off to work and do our jobs, and then to come home and to then eat dinner and do some, you know, chores or watch TV and then go to bed and then start it all over in the next day. But what about those people who were, you know, who's, who were born in the middle of the night? And that's when they become active and activated. That That is a difficult thing to fit into the world the way that we work it, the modern world. So in this particular gate, we have to deal with things that are healthy patterns to establish for ourselves. So if you're somebody who's a, a night owl, but you know you have to get up at seven o'clock every morning to get ready to go to work, you might have to work within a different rhythm so that you can actually play the part or you have to build your life around being able to live out your natural rhythms. It's just an interesting gate. And here, 
you know, we're being prompted to create routines or habits that are healthy, healthy for us as individuals, not healthy like everybody has to do the same thing. But it also talks about establishing rituals, right? Rituals that can uh, help us. Rituals for, you know, the different moons perhaps or rituals that you do in gratitude for each each day or a journaling ritual rituals are are many and varied so i don't want to say it's just those kinds of things but what are the rituals that you are involved with and are they healthy and supportive for you right okay and then that takes place at all levels spiritual emotional physical mental right not just in the physical world but all different areas. And then it is allowing us or helping us perhaps, or challenging us in some aspects to align with the natural rhythms and cycles in a consistent way, right? Not one day brushing your teeth and the next day, I'm not going to brush my teeth kind of thing. Although that's pretty mundane, right? Um, but being more consistent in how we approach habits and routines and rituals, the consistency being a, a part of it, right? There's an element of waiting present here as well, because the sacral center acts in response to what shows up in the outer world. It is not acting from the inner mind or inspiration or ideas, it, it responds. So when an opportunity like the full moon is in that's outside of you that full moon it brings the opportunity of establishing some sort of routine or a ritual that is supportive of the adventures of your life at this particular time so response is a big part of the energy anytime we have a sacral gate to find um, consistency is also about trusting in the natural rhythms and life cycles that we are in. Not trying to swim upstream when the river is moving downstream, right? Not moving against the wind, but moving with the wind. So going with the flow or flowing with the go, right? If the go is to that direction, don't try to go the other direction, right? Trust in that natural rhythm and try to consistently be in those natural rhythms. Now, this is also a gate sometimes that can bring up OCD, obsession, ob obsessive compulsive type things, more of the obsessions, because we can become obsessed with the routines and the habits or finding that perfect ritual that is going to support our work. Uh, and all of that can lead to inaction, because if we cannot, if on one side, if we cannot find the perfect thing, then we ignore it or we just don't take action on it. On the other hand, we can be obsessed with the routine and we keep doing it and doing it and doing it without ever questioning, why am I doing what I'm doing? Right? Why do I always do things in this order? What if I changed up the order? Right? So this gives us this opportunity to establish healthy routines, but also to question the ones that we are engaged with that may or may not be supportive. Right? Um, I was listening to somebody yesterday. Who was I listening to? Oh, it was on one of my, uh, I'm doing this new course, such a Gemini. I'm doing this new course for soul realignment that's called Vital Force Energy. And in Vital Force Energy, we're looking at the way that we each use our energy. We can use our energy in vital life-affirming ways, 
we can use our energy in discordant ways. And trust me when I say you would be very surprised how much discordant energy we use in our day-to-day -day lives. I was shocked by that. And then we can also work from deficits where the exchanges with other people are not even, and we're on the losing end of that. And she was talking about things like a, a simple little thing that, um, that we do that is, is possibly built into a discordant energy exchange. And that is, you know, the things that we do around holidays and uh, let's say Christmas, she was talking about Christmas, putting up a Christmas tree and putting up all the lights. Are we doing it because it's something that we really love to do and it really suits us? Or are we doing it because it's a tradition that we got into and every year I, I go, oh God, it's time to put up all the lights. Oh God, I've got to go find the perfect Christmas tree. And putting a lot of pressure on us to uphold, in this example, a tradition or a ritual or a habit, a routine that isn't really of our own making. It isn't even of our own choosing, right? We're choosing to do it, sure, but we're doing it because it's how it's always been done. Hmm. So start to question, why am I doing what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because am I doing it of my own free will? Because I really love to do this because this is supportive of my body or my health uh, or my mind? Uh, or am I doing this because this is how things have always been done? Hmm. Good opportunity for us to have revelations around this, especially because it's a full moon, which is revealing. And that allows us to complete with something or to let something go that's no longer serving us in that capacity or, or isn't authentic to us, isn't true to us, right? All right. Uh, let's, while we're on this chart, let's take a look at where some of the other planets are. We already talked about the Neptune, uh, the spiritual planet, being at the gate 36, learning to say no to what no longer serves us, right? But not saying no just because. And then not jumping into things just because we feel so restless or bored, right? So there's that one. Then uh, 23 right now is where Uranus is. And the 23 is a gate of, it's called the gate of assimilation. But at the 23, what we sometimes find is simplifying things, right? Getting to the simplest. Remember, Uranus is in Taurus, a sign that does love simplicity, Right? It doesn't have to build this complex series of things. Um, no, it can be very simple. So the 23 helps us to break down those complex things into usable bite-sized pieces, if you will, understandable bite-sized pieces. Now, we also have uh, Pluto uh, all year long at the gate 60. We talked a lot about this in the astrology for 2023 because the 60 is a gate of conservation it is about conserving energy. It is about keeping things in sort of bounds, if you will, not, you know, like growing and expanding without really thinking, you know, <laughs> there was just a, a vote the last night, the Senate of the U.S. voted to approve the debt bill. Now, I, I'm all for you know, them having agreed on something, thank you for agreeing to work with one another. But, you know, think about the US debt or the debt of any country, how out of control it really is, right? So there's, we've got to break it down. We have to make this simpler. We have to make it understandable. But it gets so complex that 
It takes specialized attorneys to understand the tax code. Come on. So anyway, breaking things down to their simplest qualities. Uh, oh, 60. I was talking about 60, not uh, simplicity, although that works too. But here it's cons a conserving nature, right? If we're just hemorrhaging money or we're just hemorrhaging resources, it isn't going to be able to be put to use in a very positive way. You know, the other side of this channel would be the gate three, which is inventiveness and the ability to take on the new things and to express them into the world. But if we've used all our energy doing all of these other things, there's nothing left to create inventiveness. So then we can get stuck in the routine. We can get stuck in the old habits. So interesting how the, all the gates kind of work together. We also have Saturn right now at the gate 37. This is called the gate of peace. So we're looking for peace and harmony and serenity within ourselves is where it starts. We're not going to necessarily find it in our outer world if we can't create it from within. And Saturn being the taskmaster, this is something we're both learning, but also needing to demonstrate in the world. And we start with ourselves, right? being at peace within ourselves. And then that leads us to be at peace within our one-on-one -on -one relationships, which then leads to peace within our families and then our communities, our tribes and our, you know, world. The 27, as you all know, we talked about this Jupiter just having moved into the gate 27, a gate that really speaks to self-nurturing, taking care of oneself before you jump and leap out to try to take over other people's lives or to tell them what to do or to manage them, you have to have your own cup filled first. All right. So that just gives us an idea of, of some of the other planetary energies. Of course, I don't have Mercury, Venus, Mars on here um, because they move so quickly. Um, it wouldn't be activated for the whole time until I see you next. All right. So I'm going to stop sharing. Go back. How's everybody doing? Any questions? Um, a lot of, co of, of comments going past. I need to back up. There we go. MD, good morning. She's She or he, she, it looks like, says love, light, and compassion. Thank you. I'm feeling so great. I think a lot of people are feeling really great. JLo, thank you for the reminder. Please remember to click the thumbs up button if you are on YouTube watching this video. And then please share it with your family, your friends, or your networks. Then we can start to spread the enlightenment of astrology and the wisdom of astrology and human design and astro design to people. Natasha, oh fun. Sounds like some of our students, restless, unsure of emotions and how to speak the it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, JLo, my uh, personality, Neptune 5-1, is there in the seventh. And D underscore AC design ascendant at 5-3. So a lot of your experiences then are around establishing healthy habits and routines, right? That That's an, healthy ones, ones that suit you and not ones that you're just doing by rote uh, or by habit. Um Okay, so JLo says also she's been fighting her sleep, fighting with my sleep. Don't do that. Get some sleep. Uh, okay, Tom, Tom talking to her, Salmon. Wow, Salmon is the fear for gate 25. I'm missing something there. That sounds like a joke. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so now let's talk about some of the other uh, transits going on for the weekend uh, today. Friday, we have Venus in a trine to Neptune. So now looking at your 
astrology charts, not just your human design charts this case, in this case. Venus and Neptune are both planets that are kind of, so two times this is happening this weekend, right? The higher and the lower frequency planets are coming together. So Venus is the aspect of love that is the physical expression of it on the planet, where Neptune is the higher order of unconditional love. It's more spiritual love. It comes from a higher place, right? It's coming from source or God, if you will. So we have them coming together in a trine, which is an ease and flow. So it's a creative energy, number one, creative and imaginative. And then as well, it's the dream of love and the happiness that love brings us. And how do we make that real in our lives? This is both spiritual and material concerns that don't have to be in conflict with one another, right? Remember on some level, Venus rules, um, money and resources and, you know, all the things that we, uh, all the things that we own, right? The things that we love. Um, and Neptune, of course, the spiritual heritage of ours that we also need to bring into the world. So the mundane, even the mundane can be spiritual, right? So, right, we can be grateful for the pens that allow us to write. That's spiritually mundane mundane spirituality. But also Venus trine Neptune brings about ideas around beliefs and what we believe comes true, right? What we believe can manifest. Uh, so it's important for us to really pay attention to our belief systems, right? What is it that you really believe that's possible for you? What do you believe is not possible for you? Right. So those things all come up today, tomorrow and even into Sunday. So it's also activated during the full moon tomorrow night, tomorrow night and Monday, uh, Sunday morning for further east uh, time zones. Now, Saturday, of course, we have the full moon. We talked a lot about that on Wednesday when we had Tam with us. I talked about it on Angel Heart Radio on Wednesday night. So if you've missed, um, I don't want to go too much into that today, but tomorrow is that full moon right? Tomorrow it is uh, the full moon at 11.42 p.m. in the East Coast time zone. That makes it at 8.42 p.m. here on the West Coast. And into June 4th, for those of you any further east of the East Coast of the United States, so Europe, so forth, it will be on uh, the morning of June 4th. And again, the moon at the gate five during the full moon. So we're taking in this idea of routines and establishing healthy habits, uh, establishing healthy traditions. Remember the great pyramid and the Sphinx were the symbolic Sabian symbol. And that talks about the power of our spiritual ancestry of really blending the ancient wisdom with the modern mind and the present world crises that we find ourselves in possibly finding solutions by accepting spiritual principles, not the dogmas, but the principles, the higher principles. And that full moon is in a T-square pointed at Saturn. It's not quite in as tight of an orb as we usually think of for a T-square, but Saturn's pretty powerful whenever uh, aspects are, are applying to him. And uh, he's actually applying to the aspects of the moon and the sun in this case. And the point of the uh, square is usually the thing that we need to release. So in releasing Saturnian Piscean things, it is about fear, the walls, the blocks, the loosening the boundaries if you've been too tight 
in boundaries, in, in constructing boundaries if you have been too loose in that way. So it is pretty, pretty much about bringing balance, but trying to see when we're acting from fear and bring that wall of fear down. There's also a trying to Mars, so an easy, actionable time being able to do things or to take action on the things that we want to do. Now, as well, Sunday, we have a Mercury conjunct Uranus. So we have, again, the lower mind. So remember, Venus and, and Neptune were higher, were, were the lower and higher aspects of love. Uh, Mercury and Uranus are the lower and higher aspects of the mind, with Mercury being the mind that we have, that we use our thinking processes, and Uranus being the higher mind, the uh, mind that is connected to a uh, higher self. And there we have this possibility for lightning flash ideas and inspiration coming in uh, because those two minds are working together, right? They're in a conjunction. They're, they're joined at the hip. Uh, we might have received keen insights into things, uh, into the next action steps we need to take or uh, through, you know, probing into possibilities of how we want to correct things in our lives or how we want to do things in our lives. There's a, a distinct inventiveness with this energy, um, you know, like bringing the the aha moment into the physical world in, in the practical expression of it. And of course, that leads us to aha moments. And those aha moments can sometimes come when you least expect it. And it can be brilliant solutions to solve problems that you've been contending with for a while. Uh, it will be a good day, I think. And uh, so thanks for bringing that up, Jayla. I just looked at the calendar as well. Uh, the new moon, the full moon, uh, because I think they base the Pleiadian calendar on UTC, the full moon is showing at 12 evolving, not 11 intuiting. So I, 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 I got to ask Pia about that because, you know, we are definitely experiencing it in 11 intuiting on the, in the U S but any point East, it's going to be 12 evolving. Hmm. And then Venus phase changes the next day. I got to look into that. We'll talk more about that on Monday, I think. So at any rate, live your best life. Look at your routines and your, your habits. And are they supportive? Are, are they th things that you've undertaken because it's good for you and you've chosen consciously? Or have you defaulted to these uh, things by habit, uh, negative habit, or by tradition? It will be a great time to explore and adventure and look beyond the usual that you do. Uh, and it will be a time to be open to inspiration, right? Things that just come in that lightning moment. I think it's a great weekend that we have on tap. All right. Uh, <laughs> I accept both since I cannot sleep. What is going on with your sleep, my friend? You, you've got to get some sleep, right? Um, is there something going on in your head? Is it hormonal? Is it the moon? Uh, it could be a combination of all of those things. Uh, you're doing not enough in your daily, daily life, uh, dispensing with the, the, the energy of the sacral, uh, so many different ways in which this can be going on. Uh, all right. Now I forgot to pull my cards open here. So just one moment, cause I want to pull us a couple of cards for the weekend. 
and hmm, who wants to come out and play today? The animal cards do. And hmm, the dream weavers do. All my laps are good, so weird. Hmm. It must, it may just be your body's natural rhythms and cycles, right? Or are there, is there things that you're doing that pull you out of your natural cycles? I don't know how to address that. All right. So now this is a card. I'm, these cards are for the weekend. Uh, it can be for the full moon. It can be the wisdom that we need, the guidance that we need for this moon. And that wisdom is what the sunbeams have to show. It's an interesting looking card. I love the artwork on these cards. This is from the Dreamweavers Oracle deck by Colette Baron-Reed. And it's card number 18, which is a nine. So that's appropriate for a full moon. That's a full moon kind of energy. What the sunbeams have to show. So let's see here what that means for all of us. So the essential meaning of the card is gentle illumination on things needed in order to progress. Truth revealed when you are ready. Curiosity, a flicker of an important idea. So much about what we've just talked about, right? There are times in life when you get momentary glimpses of possibilities and you know that if you don't act on them right away, they'll disappear like fireflies into the night. Yet like soft sunbeams flickering on the surface of still water, the awareness of those possibilities is nonetheless soothing and comforting. They serve to remind you of the magic of the natural world and also the impermanence of things. They come to capture your attention. Something is flickering in your awareness now. There is some idea, some niggling thought, some intuitive tingling calling for your attention. Don't discard or deny it. This is the spark of inspiration asking for you to follow it into a greater radiance. Now is the time for exploration, for gaining clarity as the important pathways to your destiny are being illuminated and celebrated. Ask to be shown and it will be done. What the sunbeams have to show is your next step forward, never revealing the entire staircase, just one step at a time. Follow the light and trust in the divine. This is the brilliant way of the highest good. Mm -hmm. By the way, our favorite Tom is having a birthday this weekend. Tom's birthday will be tomorrow. So happy birthday to you, Tom. And I hope everybody in the, in the moments we have left here will wish him a happy solar return. And let's do an animal card for Tom. Tom, this is your animal guide for your year ahead. And let's see here. Oh, that card wants to come out. Moth spirit. And it says, surrender now. Card number 39, which is a 12, so a three. Very creative energy. A tendency to scatter energy. Can be a Gemini kind of feeling to it. Moth came out upside down. So let's see what the protection message is here for you. Card 39. It's really a beautiful um, card, though. I just love the colors, I guess. 39. 
says, surrender now. And in protection, Tom, it says, moth spirit can be intense and honest and honesty about your own compulsive tendencies is needed right now. It is too easy to switch from one addiction to another, distracting yourself from the discomfort of uncertainty and the thoughts and emotions that arise when you aren't single-mindedly pursuing a goal. Moth spirit calls to you to practice moderation in all things and recognize when you think you're headed toward the light, but are really heading into a fire that will cause burnout. Why are you so resistant to letting up? Could you be avoiding difficult emotions you need to feel and release? Now is the time to do a fearless inventory so that your addictive tendencies can be toned down and rechanneled into enthusiastic activity in moderation. You are not a machine. Listen to Moth Spirit's message that a change is needed to support your well-being. Maybe deep down, you know you have become too attached to something and someone. Let go of your need to control the outcome and allow yourself to remember the many ways you want to channel your energy to relationships, to work, to giving to others, to self-care, and to all the other pursuits you value. Good message, right? Moth Spirit. Moth spirit. All right, guys, that is it for me today. Tom, have a very happy birthday. Many blessings to you on the journey of around the sun. Everyone else, take care. Have a happy weekend. Thank you for joining me. I will see you on Monday. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.